If you want to go with the flow, live in the moment, wind in your hair kind of life, you need a forward-thinking, prepared-for-anything kind of plan. Like the Audi Freeway Plan Extension. It extends your Audi's maintenance plan by an extra two years or up to 200,000 kilometers. And with free roadside assistance, living in the moment has never gone more according to plan. Visit your nearest Audi dealer today. T's and C's apply. Audi. Vorsprung der Technik. Be financially smart. It's not how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Brought to you by F&B. How can we help you? Hashtag be financially smart. It's 24 minutes to uh, 3 o'clock. Uh, uh, and I'm just sad to say that this is the final Be Financially Smart for this series, for this particular season. Um, and what are some of the big things that have stood out for you um, that you've held onto since we started this particular conversation around giving you tools, giving you insights into how you can go about building financial wealth and achieving your financial goals. So maybe you consider yourself to be financially smart now. You know, do you make the best decisions that you can to get the most out of your money? Or are you one of the many South Africans that are absolutely overwhelmed by money management? Well, we're wrapping this uh, up today by speaking to Esther Osh uh, from FNB, from the Be Financially Smart team. And we'll be reflecting on the past couple of months on the four pillars that we've systematically just broken down and looked at closely um, as part of Be Financially Smart and the role that each one of these pillars plays um, in uh, smart money management techniques. So the lines are open to you on 011-883-0702 and 31702 for your SMSs. Good afternoon, Esther. Good afternoon. Thank you. And thank you. And hello, listeners. Yeah. Can you believe we're at the end? I can't. And we've done such amazing discussions in the last couple of months. But what we've realized, and I think you and I chatted about this, Nana, is South Africans are struggling with money. They're Mm -hmm. struggling with money management problems. And we really need to continue the good work and make sure that they understand that um, we are highly indebted to family and friends and service providers, which is why F&B Financially Smart is committed to providing the information so that we can get people to be financially smart under those four pillars. Yeah, yeah. So our pillars, let's let's just reflect on what they were. So we've got the four pillars. The first one is your transacting pillar. It's your check accounts, that type of thing. The insuring pillar, which is your short-term and long-term insurance. Then we've got your borrowing pillar, which is your debt and your house debt and your Good debt, bad debt. Good debt, bad debt. And then you've got the savings and investment pillar. Yeah, which is in recent memory because that's what we've been focusing on through the month of July, which is National Savings Month. So let's look at how each of these pillars actually solve the money problems that many South African households are currently grappling with. You know what I found fascinating through this series is some of the feedback that we got from the listeners. So, I mean, I've got some of the quotes here is, the one listener reasonably recently said, I don't respect money. I just overspend and makes, makes things worse. Mm-hmm. Another one said, uh, we don't manage money. Money manages us. Uh. And, you know, when you look at that, um, it's, it's very clear that people need to develop a better relationship with money, that they need to see how they can actually upskill themselves. Like the one thing no one taught us about financial education. Yeah. We had to learn the discipline themselves. So we need to learn how we can upskill ourselves so we can leverage off and actually reduce the debt. Mm-hmm. 
transact smartly, manage the risks, and then importantly, and I think I've been banging on this drum quite a bit, is that savings and investment pillar. It's vitally important to set yourself up for the future. Yeah. You know, on that last uh, point about no one taught us about financial education, I think this is also important to do with our families, with our kids, so that they don't walk the same path or make mm. the same mistakes that we've made. Yes, it's important that they learn, uh, but ultimately, if we can just leapfrog certain things and take them to a point where they're smarter about it and don't make the same mistakes that we did, then we would have done half the job. Absolutely. And it's, it's never too early to start teaching your child about money. You know, it could be something as simple as that's the pocket money that you get for the month. You don't get more. Yeah. If you want something special, you've got a budget out of that. And that's the way that you start getting that sort of healthy relationship to money going. Mm, because it is, uh, uh, it, it ties into our emotions, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about our prospects, our future. If our relationship with money is one like uh, the, 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 the listener that, uh, the, uh, the quote from a listener that you said that I don't respect money, I mm. overspend. I mean, if you're overspending, you're probably having sleepless nights uh, or even one person saying that what we don't manage money, money manages us. Yeah. That suggests not being in control. Absolutely. And, and it's got to be that mindset of money is something that you work very hard to get to get the things and get to the goals that you want to get yeah. through. Take that control back, manage the money properly. So look at your budget, look at all those things, leverage off these four pillars so that you can actually get to a proper financial spot. Yeah. So if you've just joined us, we're discussing smart money management techniques with Esther Osh, um, expert from FNB, Be Financially Smart. She's part of the team and we're wrapping up what's been a really informative series. But um can you also take us through each of the pillars? You know? oh, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I in, think, in, in just like a, a, a little <laughs> bit of detail as we summarize. A little bit of detail, but let's summarize. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with the transacting side. So we all use money. We all use cards. We all transact on a daily basis. But it's very important that you understand that everything, because otherwise it gets a little bit overwhelming. You know, there's that information overwhelm. So yeah. um Let's talk about a credit card, SIPO. One of your listeners said, I have a credit card and I want to use it to pay my monthly debit orders and then just pay off the credit card on its own. Mm. Would that be wise and how does it affect my credit score? Mm. So I don't like to unpack a credit card a little bit and I'm going to talk specifically about the F&B credit card. First of all, you have a 55-day interest-free period. So from the day that you purchase or the day that you swipe, you've got 55 days free. Wow. If you pay it off within that 55 days, you don't pay interest mm. on it, which is quite a nice way to manage your cash flows. Um, you can use a credit card to manage your monthly expenses, but be aware that you want to leverage off your rewards programs at the same time. So, you know, if you're going to put fuel in, make sure that you do it at the right fuel station so that you can get uh, that little bit of an extra benefit, which yes. is quite nice on the credit card. And very importantly, what I'd like to say about a credit card is remember the limit on your credit card is not a target. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, because <laughs> oh, that is how we transact with it. It's like I've got up to thirty thousand rand to spend. <laughs> you know, no, you don't. So an extra fact, like thirty thousand rand in debt. To <laughs> that's correct. You know what you do is maybe look at what your monthly budget is that you want to spend on your credit card. So your groceries, your fuel, that type of thing that you spend on your credit card, and then at the end of the month, clear it off completely, zero the outstanding balance. So you use more as a sort of a, a transactional account as an actual credit card. Right. So you know if you do that and you understand your monthly budget and it's very important that you get a complete view of where you are financially and there's just a couple of things that I'd like to talk about on the on the transacting pillar the first thing is 
like I said, no, no, make a list of your of the funds that you can buy or the things that you can buy on your credit card. So yes. your grocery shopping, that type of thing, so that you can leverage off your rewards accounts. The second thing is make sure that you've got the right account for your needs. Mm-hmm, so if mm-hmm. you do a lot of online transactions, there might be an account that's applicable for that and there's a bundled fee option so ah. that you can reduce your monthly account fees. And then this one still fascinates me. When oh. I see people coming with a bank card and they go to a completely different <laughs> ATM, just the fees that you're going to pay on that is ridiculous. But so sometimes you need the cash. You can go into some of the big grocery retailers and draw cash from there. How do you draw from the ta- from the cashiers? From the cashiers, yeah. With any bank card. What well, are the bank charges? With us, with F&B, you can do that, yeah. And then you what? get zero fees on that. And, yeah, it helps with your rewards program. Are you saying at a pick and pay at a shop right at a spa, Willie's? So it's it's your pick and pay, shop right, and it's basically your pick and pay, shop right, and I checkers. You know that? You just go to the tell and say, I want to draw cash. <laughs> and the advantage of that is it, it bumps up your, your levels towards your e-bucks rewards. But and that, you that's stop little... incurring uh, additional charges that's from correct, another yeah. bank's ATM. That's correct, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that could be, if you know, if been you're holding out on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're drawing money, uh, and I haven't done it for a while, so I'm not quite up to date on what the fees are there, but if you mm-hmm. do that four times a month, that's potentially 80 Rand that you might be throwing away. Yes, yes. So do something like that. And this is the one that fascinates me is people don't check their bank charges. Mm-hmm. Check your bank charges on a, on a day, on a, not a daily basis. <laughs> that's gonna, on a monthly basis, just have a look at your statement that comes through and say, okay, hang on. There's a transaction that went off here. I got charged for that transaction. What is it? And let me see if there's not a better way that I can do it. Yes. If there's not a, a more cost-effective way that I can do that. And then maybe change the way that you transact. Because some products or some transacting products uh, do have a bundle, as you said, that no matter how, much, how many times you transact, yeah. uh, you, you will only be, you'll be charged this limit, this cap of bank charges. If you stay within their rules. So mm. you use the online banking app. You don't draw cash uh, at a different ATM. Right. So, and I mean, these days with the online apps, it's actually so simple to transfer money between accounts, mm-hmm, to pay mm-hmm, people, to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think I've actually physically been in a branch a long time, right? For a very, very long time. <laughs> I haven't stood in an ATM yeah. other than an absolute emergency one day for the last year and a half. You mm-hmm. don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. So leverage off that technology. We have it at our disposal and do that. Right. Sure. Okay. So even right to the very end, we're learning something new about uh, transacting smarter. But how do we then protect the wealth and the assets that we've accumulated Mm. as a result of smarter transacting. So that's where the second pillar comes in, which is the insurer pillar. Now, insurance has got two sides to it. You've got the short-term insurance and you've got the long-term insurance. Yeah. The short-term insurance is your car insurance. It's your car insurance, it's your house insurance. The long-term insurance is your disability insurance, it's your um, right. life cover, it's that, that those things. Let's talk about car insurance for a second. I heard a scary t- statistic the other day that something like 70% of the cars on the South African roads are uninsured at the mm. moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, what's even more frightening about that is people don't realize if they drive into someone, they're responsible to the damages to that person's car as well. Yeah. So not having that short-term insurance in place could potentially financially cripple you for the rest of your life. Mm. It's a short-term pain. It's an insurance. It's a grudge purchase. You need to pay for it. Make sure that your car is insured. Make sure that if there's a catastrophe, if you do have a break-in, or if you, something does happen to your household contents, that you can replace it, that you yeah. can maintain that standard of living. Mm-hmm. Then the second one, which is your life cover, 
So I'm going to very briefly touch on, on the life cover. You get life cover, which pays out a lump sum amount in the event that you are no longer there. Yes. You get lump sum disability cover. In the event that you are disabled and can't work anymore, it pays out a lump sum amount to you that you can use for your own maintenance. Mm-hmm. You get income protector is in the event that you are disabled and can't work anymore. It pays an equivalent to like a little bit of a monthly salary to you right. and then critical illness. Yeah. In the event that you're diagnosed with heart attack, cancer, stroke. It is very important that you have some sort of life cover if you have dependents mm. so that they can maintain what their lifestyle is. Yeah. The second thing is a person's ability to earn an income. So the ability to come to work and actually earn an income is a protectable asset. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that if you can't work, that you can sustain your own lifestyle. Now, it's not a nice topic to talk about. It is, again, a grudge purchase. But I promise you it's important to have that discussion. And, you know, there's a few things that you need to look at. You need to look at a very clear-minded idea of where you are and what your risks are in your life. So someone that's a 70-year-old pensioner has maybe not got the same risks as someone that's 25 years old and a rep that's on the road anymore. So have that look. Make sure that if you do do an if you do take out a policy, that you understand the exact implications in Mm. each and every one of those. That Mm. you know you don't get sold up something that you actually don't require. Um, And then, and we see this often is pay your policies on time. Mm. Don't let it lapse because then you're going to, first of all, lose that benefit over the long term. You might have to go, especially on the long-term risk side, you might have to go for underwriting again, yeah. which is just going to increase your premiums, all of that. It's really not a good thing to do. Yes. And please, if you are feeling a financial pinch, so your budget, non-negotiable, negotiable, life cover, disability cover, short-term cover is a non-negotiable item on your budget. Oh. Right, let's go to Keith. Um, and Keith, you're calling from Four Ways. You have ideas uh, on how to save on bank fees. Hi, Keith. Yeah, it's something that I became aware of. Yeah. Um, I'm with one of the banks and I have been for many years. Mm. When I turned 55, the account that I had had a basic fee of 200 Rand, which included various privileges, yeah. but it doesn't include everything. Once you turn 55 with this particular bank, that fees dropped to 47 rand, oh. which, uh, without the loss of any benefit. Mm. Now, unfortunately, I'm closer to 60, so it took me five years to realize that. It's <laughs> a amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> you noticed Don't it way late. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Keith, oh. thank you so, so much. So understand what the benefits are. Well, well that's exactly. Make sure that the bank account that you have account. is appropriate. Mm. So the account that he's talking about is the Encore account. Yes, it, it is a little bit of a benefit, and go for it. You know, that's why it's important to understand the different options that the banks have available yeah. that you have the most appropriate account for your solution. Oh, or for and it's your a pity that it wasn't automatic, Keith, <laughs> that you then had to uh, instruct the bank to move mm. you to that 47 rand. Look at that saving. Gosh. All right. And then Kabila MG says, I use a credit card mainly for business. Uh, if a supplier gives me 30 days settlement terms, I pay them with the credit card and settle it at the 55th day. Oof. This gives me a total of 85 days interest-free credit. Okay. That's an interesting way of working it. If that works for her and she's not incurring any interest, then go for it. Just don't pay it on the 56th day because then she might have a little bit of a fright. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Not what you budgeted for. You're making those losses as a result. So that was, um, so we looked at transacting. We've looked at insurance, long-term and short-term. But there's also borrowing. There are times when Mm. life throws us a curveball and we might need to borrow money. And also maybe you have goals. You want a car. You have to borrow. Mm. To even buy a house, you have to borrow. Yeah, so so absolutely. And uh, this comes back to, you know, depending on what type of debt you're going to, 
property, you've got your good debt and you've got your bad debt. So, mm-hmm. you know, study loan, car loan, um, home loan, all good type debt because, you know, a study loan is increasing your level of education or the children's level of education. So that's going to just feed into the system later. Yeah. Um, home loan, again, home loan is one of the most important purchases or a home is one of the most important purchases you can have. Just make sure that you've got that affordability. So it's very important that you do that in-depth affordability. And there's lots of tools that's available online. Mm. Can I actually afford it? And be realistic. Mm. So if you think that you're going to try to spend 750 rand a month on groceries, but you actually mean spending 2,000 rand on groceries, it's not going to work. Yeah. So be... got to be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Um, And very importantly, you need to, as I said, borrow within your means. Um, And don't borrow to sustain your lifestyle. So if you do need to borrow money, make sure that it's, you know... Reasonable. It's the car, it's the house, it's the education. And then shop around. So sometimes you can get cost of credit specifically with vehicle finance cheaper somewhere else. So make sure that you've got the right rate that's for you. Mm-hmm. And then it amazes me still how many people take out loans without actually reading the contract. Now, I'm a lawyer by trade, so I tend to read all the contracts. But yeah, yeah. just read it. Make sure that you're familiar with all of those wordings so that you know you can make sure that you stick to the terms of that. And, and I, yeah, it still fascinates me that people do that. <laughs> you can see I'm a little bit gobsmacked about it. Um, and then please just be careful of that reckless borrowing. Don't go and borrow to go and buy that pair of shoes. Don't yes. borrow to go and buy a handbag. And don't borrow to go overseas. Mm. It's, it's not the right thing to do. Rather save up for those things in your budgeting and then pay for it that awesome. way. Often there's uh, such relief that you are being borrowed. You just want to initial, mm. initial on every page. Yes, initial, yeah. yes. <laughs> Who cares about reading it? You know, that is something that we just uh, uh, never get to do. Like uh, as long as I'm behaved, as long as I, I no. stick to the verbal agreement, what they said to me, what we talked about. Meanwhile, there are lots of other uh, uh, details within the fine print that we could be neglecting. So I think that's a great reminder. Um, and then we had uh, savings and investing. I can clearly remember this call um, <laughs> from Morak is saying that the stock market and putting money away is a big lie. Going on to say that I'm no expert, but from experience, I can tell you that the stock market is like a gamble. I remember that. I, I remember that call as well. Yeah. So, you know, again, if you don't know what you're doing, um, it could potentially become across as a gamble. So, you know, with every investment, risk is there. So it's important that you educate yourself. That's why these talks are so important. But then Mm. also read up, check the Internet, make sure that you know what's going on. So if you've got a little bit of an understanding of what's going on, you're first of all minimizing the risk and you're taking the gambling out of the equation. So it's important that you do that and do it properly. Um, To be a successful saver, what do you need to do? Understand what your goals are. Yeah. Understand where you want to get. Then get advice to put the appropriate investment strategy in place for you. So it's no point that you think, okay, listen, I want to retire at the age of 40 and you're 35 and you've got no retirement savings. That's just not going to happen. Mm. Okay. Mm. So it's got to be realistic goals to get you there. Please don't take advice from the uncle at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so someone that says to you, listen, put all your cash under the mattress. That's the way to retire. Um, rather speak to an accredited financial advisor that can make sure that the solutions that's being put in place for you is the appropriate solution. That's going to get you to a goal with a reasonable amount of certainty. Yeah. Diversify. I think you and I have spoken about this a lot. Diversify in your investments. Don't just have exposure to money market. Mm. Don't just have exposure to property. Don't just have exposure to shares. Diversify so you can smooth your returns over yes. the long term. And be careful because mm. there's so many 
uh, get rich quick schemes oh. out there uh, where you're going to put your money and be, you're going to cry at the end of mm-hmm. the day. Yeah, because the, intri- the, the returns that are promised at exorbitant interest. Are yeah. the, the minute that, first of all, it sounds too good to be true, yeah. the returns sound too good to be true, true or exorbitant, as you say, mm-hmm. and they start getting insistent. On you need to invest, you need to invest, and you need to invest, and it's a little bit of a vague business plan. Mm. Run a mile, mm. okay? Rather, go to a reputable organisation or a name that you trust, a name, an institution, institution that you trust. Yeah. Before you invest, yes, and no, research, research that company, research the No such thing as get rich quick. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it from Esther, right? So we do have our winner actually, because since this is the last one, we're not announcing the winner on uh, Monday as we've done in the past. So we have our July winner uh, on the line because throughout these conversations, through all the months that we've had them, we've given you a chance to stand or or rather um, an opportunity to uh, win uh, 5,000 rands, in fact. And we've asked you very simple questions, easy peasy questions. And you had to listen in every week and answer every question correctly. And today's winner is uh, Karabo Pala. Congratulations, Karabo. Thank you. Thank you, Azania. Did they tell you how much you've won? Mm, no, they didn't. You've won 5,000 rand in cold hard cash. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much, Havanya. A pleasure. Congratulations. Spend it wisely, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm financially smart now. Yay, that's, that's it. it. Okay. Well done. That is Pala, our final winner for this particular season. It's been really educational, Esther. Thank you. And I, I appreciate the opportunity that we can bring this type of knowledge to, to yes. everyone because it is important. Mm. You know, there's a lot of information, a lot of disinformation, a lot of legacy things that have been brought down from family to family. Start thinking about it. Take control of your future. You know, planning is a little bit like bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it now. Now. Do something about it now. And don't put your head in the sand like an ostrich. The earlier and the quicker that you start talking about it, the better it is for you so that you can actually start correcting your ways and getting onto the route of being truly successful. Mm. Right. Um, Before I let you go, there's a question here Mm. and it says... Can an extra income help in getting a loan from the bank when your work income doesn't qualify you for a home loan? So it can potentially because it will be a total income, but obviously don't get an extra income if you're going to start putting your first income at risk. So extra income, something like a business that you're running on the side, just make sure that you do declare it to your employer Hmm. so that there's not an issue with that. Um, But yes, they look at your total income. And if that second income source is from a sustainable source, they can potentially look at it. But what about affordability, though? Because affordability has to also be uh, 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 understood from a perspective of what you can afford with Mm. putting you into a financial we, or overextending yourself or so you the minute into, you start to then overextend yeah. because you need or because you have this additional mm. income uh, surely that's a concern so, so absolutely you hit the nail on the head you don't want to work out how much you want to spend and then say oops i need a second job mm. that's not what you need to do mm. so if it's a case that you already say for instance got a job and you've got some sort of passive income that's coming in be it from dividends be it from a rental property that can all be taken into account but don't say I want that house and then I'm going to try and afford it. Yes. That's not what you want to do. What is your situation at this moment in time? How much can I afford in the situation that I have at this moment in time? Mm. And when we're talking on buying specifically long-term things like houses, please ensure that you work on the interest rate 
plus 1%. Okay. So repo rate at the moment sitting at 10%. Work on your affordability at 11%. Mm-hmm. So if there is a sudden shock in the system and the interest rate starts ticking up, you protect it against that sudden shock in the yeah. system. Yeah, and you can handle it. Mm. You can handle it. Right. So yeah, had to squeeze in that last bit of advice with Esther Ush. It's been fantastic. And that's it for Be Financially Smart. Thank you, Esther. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Be financially smart. It's not how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Brought to you by F&B. How can we help you? Hashtag be financially smart.